Hi, and welcome to a new episode of The Walk. I'm Father Roderick, and I'm recording this on a Saturday evening. The weather is nice. It's not as hot as last week. We've had a rainy day, and uh, it's only now starting to clear up. I guess the sun is going to set in about 40 minutes, perhaps even earlier, but I can see the golden glow of the, of the, of the sun going down. I just cooked myself a nice uh, mushroom uh, risotto, mushroom zucchini risotto, very, very good. And it's, uh, that's one of the things I enjoy since I'm back from Spain, is to be able to cook myself again. Of course, I, you can cook in, in the... Uh, various uh, albergs where, where I was staying, but you don't have your own pans and you don't, you just don't have the, the equipment, uh, nor the, the produce that I usually cook with. So I was kind of lazy during the, the Camino and I, most of the time I just went to a restaurant because those pilgrim meals are so cheap. But now that I'm back home, I'm, I really enjoy cooking again. And I've been watching way too many YouTube videos, instructional videos on how to cook all sorts of delicious food. And um, I already made myself one of those Spanish omelets, which are just so delicious, so easy to make. Um, it's, it's basically a few ingredients. It's olive oil and onions and um, sliced potatoes um, and eggs. That's about it. And a bit of salt and pepper. Um, just Google the recipe and try to make it. It's, it's really worth it. And what I like is you make one of those Spanish omelets. It's kind of this big, kind of almost looks like a cake. And you can, I can, I can live about a week from that. <laughs> well, not entirely just on a Spanish omelet. But if you take a slice of that in the morning with some bread, it really carries you through the most of the, of the morning. I've been walking on that for, for all those 1,000 kilometers that I did in Spain. It's good to be back, and it's, it's really nice to have had some time to let the whole experience sink in and think about what it, um, what it taught me. Uh, and you know what? Actually, I'm, I'm walking on a, here through a small swamp. It's, it's not far from where I live, and... Uh, before I left, I, I, I filmed an interview here about the Camino with two of my parishioners that I actually encountered during my journey. And I remember standing here and right now, but then that was, what, eight weeks, two months ago. It was still the beginning of, of springtime. Now everything is green and it's, I can barely see the rest of the city that surrounds this little patch of nature. It's incredible how, how much this has changed. Um, and I, I love the smell of the flowers and just the sounds of nature that surround me. This, these are the moments that I, that I uh, think back of the Camino and how much I enjoyed being outside, to be able to walk every single day and to, to be able to, to, to just focus on, on, on that particular distance or that particular day, not having anything else to worry about. That was one of the many blessings of the Camino. But it also gave me time to think about my life and, uh, and open myself up to uh, the one who actually <laughs> put me on the Camino of life in this world of God himself and having some extended time alone with him so he could help me uh, see where I am in life and, and where he wants me to go because that's the most important thing that I wanted to figure out. 
And it's only now that I'm starting to see a little bit of the direction that this uh, Camino brought me. And I wanted wanted to share it with you. Um, It's it's funny that right after I came back, I had plenty of stories to tell and everything. The memories were still so fresh. And every day on the Camino had been such an amazing adventure. But it's almost because of that (laughs) mountain of experiences and memories that it was still very hard to, to figure out what the big lessons were of this, uh, of this Camino. And now, with a little bit of, of uh, space and time between that experience and, uh, uh, and, and my life currently... Wow, that's a lot of noise. Good grief. It's like a, motor, like a biker on a big motorbike. He's just by himself playing the the radio I guess a thing makes so much noise that you have to put the music up really loud this is the kind of these are the sounds and the the kind of the life that I I have to readjust myself to I've I've got to (laughs) got to get used to that again because the the Camino was so calm and quiet and of course there were noisy pilgrims and you had the Italians that were always playing music on their cell phone and whatnot. But you could always walk away from it. Whereas now I am in the city and so I'm surrounded by a very busy life and by, by lots of noisy people. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not as easily out in the open again. And it's, it, it takes some getting used to. Wow, that's a beautiful sunset. I'm crossing... Uh, uh, canal here and on the left like behind the trees it's this golden glow it's beautiful some people are fishing here on the bridge and I'm going to walk alongside the canal heading into the uh, the countryside so I'll I'll be in a bit uh, uh, an environment that is a bit quieter ah, this is just golden light it's beautiful <laughs> This reminds me of so many sunsets and sunrises that I've seen. Anyway, uh, so the lessons learned. The biggest, most important, most influential lesson, I think, that I've learned is also the most obvious one. A lesson that many pilgrims uh, share after returning. But it's funny, I've heard it so many times, and it sounds like a cliche thing to say, but it's... It's through the experience that it feels very fresh and relevant to me. It was the, that was the discovery that I had that in life, on the Camino, but also in life, because the Camino is kind of a metaphor of my entire life, it is of paramount importance that I walk my Camino, that I go my way. It's like a Frank Sinatra song <laughs> or a Paul Anka song. It's like you have to live life your way. And it's not meant in an egotistical way, like a selfish way. It's all about me. Um, I think one of the biggest lessons that I've learned is that every human being is unique. And God has uh, a roadmap for every person in the world. But since we're so different, and since our relationship with God is different from the people around us, what matters is that you discover what your way in life is, what the road is that God points you towards. Um, And, again, it sounds 
very obvious, very cliche. But I've, I've noticed during the Camino at several, t- at several points during the journey that I had a tendency to forget um, that I had to walk my Camino and I was uh, adapting way too much to the expectations of the people around me. And I have to specify that. It's not, the, not necessarily the expectations of the people around me, but what I thought were the expectations of people around me. If you've been listening to the, this, this show for a long time, you know that one of, one of the pitfalls in my life is um, my tendency to always try to please other people. That's not a negative thing in, uh, in itself, but it can become a handicap if it makes you forget and makes you ignore the things that you feel uh, you need to do. Um, there is something about being... There, there's a lot to say for being kind and to be considerate of other people, but it can also become um, something that is over the top and prevents you from, from doing the things that you should do because you're constantly worried about what you think other people want you to do. So that's when it becomes suffocating and paralyzing. In my life, of course, it has been kind of an on and off thing. Um, and I've fortunately, also because of this whole process of of, of praying and thinking and, and asking God where I needed to go. That's not something I just did during the Camino. It's something that I try to do uh, for years. I've, I think I've learned to make important choices in my life by myself and, and, and to let go of a lot of those expectations. But it's, it's still something that is on the, like in the background. And it's a tendency... It's almost like a trap. It's a trap <laughs> that I can fall, that, that, that can hamper me time and again if I don't uh, pay attention. Um, I'll give you a very specific example. During the first few weeks of my Camino, I walked together with a French doctor, a, a retired a lung physician, and he really enjoyed walking with me and sharing uh, just the entire experience with me, not just the walking, but also in the afternoons. He wanted to go visit the towns, etc. And uh, and I enjoyed it too. It was great to have something that was very prayerful and uh, I could pray with in the morning, pray the rosary, and we could talk about the church, etc. <laughs> Didn't have to do uh, much else than just, uh, you know, the, the, to talk about the things that we had in common. But over time, after a while, I started to notice that his rhythm uh, and his interests were didn't totally match my my interests or what I wanted to get out of the Camino. And uh, so, for instance, I, I love to start the morning very quietly, um, just take an hour or so, and just think about about stuff and pray and uh but then after a while he would propose to pray the rosary um and of course i'm, I'm a priest so 
what am I supposed to do? Say, no, I'm not in a mood for that? No, you pray the rosary. But it became almost this... Then I was like, perhaps I should share that when I pray the morning prayer, should, we should do that together. And so very quickly, the morning routine started to change and I started to adapt to what I thought would, would match his expectations of me as a priest. That was just one thing. In the afternoons, oftentimes, you know, after, after having walked for six or seven hours... I, would, I just wanted to change my mind and just, I don't know, read a book and read some science fiction. I was reading War of the Worlds and, and a Star Trek book and uh, <laughs> just, or just browse Facebook or something like that. Just do fluff, non-important, trivial things. Um, but then oftentimes he would, he would uh, come over and say, well, hey... We're in this nice town, and we perhaps we should go and visit the church and go and explore. And and then I would always just do that because I felt that I had to, um, and it would be rude not to not to accompany him. But oftentimes, it wasn't my it wasn't my thing. And sometimes I just want to be alone. You know, I'm not used to being in company all the time. But I did not dare to share that with him. Um, after a few weeks, he went back home because he wasn't planning on walking the entire road to Santiago. He was going to do that next year. So we said goodbye, and, and it's, it was as, as if only from that moment on, I, that was the, the moment that I could start walking my own Camino. I think I've already shared this. But... Um, to me, it was, a, was a, something I remember now as a, a moment that I decided to, from then on, to walk my Camino, to no longer just do what I thought I should do as a, you know, obedient pilgrim and just follow all the instructions and advice of the people on, on, on social media, because I had a lot of followers and many of them had already walked the Camino. And at first... I felt that I was doing everything wrong because people told me that I was walk. My distances were too long. I did not en- um, take time to enjoy the experience, etc. Or I should stop in certain cities and visit a cathedral, and and then I d- I didn't. And at first I was like, I'm 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 doing this all wrong. Why am I walking so fast? Why am I walking so far? And after those first few weeks, I decided to well, you know what. This is what I want to do. This is how I want to walk my Camino. And it's very important, it's more important for me that I decide to follow my own, to walk my own rhythm, to walk this Camino my way, to stop at the things that are of interest to me or are important to me. That's more important than to um, have, to experience everything and to you know, not miss out on any of the beautiful cathedrals and cities and whatnot. Um, and, and it's only after I decided to do that, to walk my way, to walk the Camino the way I wanted to walk it, that it, I started to calm down. It was almost as if God had been holding back and was waiting for me to let go of those expectations that I projected on other people so that he could show me how I had to walk this Camino. And it's over time that I started to realize 
that this was, well, how much this was ingrained in my system, how much everything that I choose to do in life and the things that I work on that give me stress are a result of that same mechanism that I'm very often try to fulfill expectations that are not even other people's expectations. It's what I think people expect of me. But it's not necessarily what I need to do. And that's a fundamental difference. Now, again, fortunately, I've been able to do a lot of things in my life that are very much, I think, in, in, in line with my vocation and the things that I'm good at and enjoy. But there are also a lot of, especially kind of the amount of work. Um, the, it's, it's almost like the... The stress you feel of, I have to get to that city because everybody tells me that I have to walk and stop there and I need to take a day off and, uh, and explore that city. And then you, you stop and you think, but who wants me? To, who tells me to do this? You know, is this an obligation or is this like a self-inflicted uh, thing? And it's robbing me of my inner peace because I feel that I have to do this because of other people. And I think that's true with the work that I do, the amount of work as well. Um, I'm, I'm doing a lot of things. And if, again, if, you, if you've been following me for a while, you know that I have a tendency to always overload um, my, my, my schedule, um, to put way too much food on my plate. My brain is always buzzing with ideas and there is this kind of immature tendency to, to try it all. And uh, perhaps also fear of, if I don't, well, I'm going to miss out on this and life is short and I have to do this. And <laughs> it would sometimes take away the fun of what I do. And fun, again, is kind of a, uh, an overused word. But it's, let's, the joy is per- perhaps a, a better word. Um, the moment you feel like uh, <laughs> trying to reach all those goals in life, which are not necessarily the, the goals that God has, has put in front of me, but what I, what I feel I want to do, I must do, because other people. Um, if it takes away your joy and causes stress, that's a bad sign. And um, again, I want to give an example of one of the things that I... I think I've done a lot in the past few months in hindsight that in hindsight I, I perhaps I shouldn't have done. Um, it's all those talks in parishes. Um, I think it was after my the Dutch version of my book came out that I felt, well, you know what? I should go to the people. I should travel and and meet my, my audience and my followers and, and share my experiences. And I know that I'm I'm a good talker and I can give people an entertaining evening. Um, but I said yes to so many invitations and always with uh, this idea of I can use it to promote uh, the book, I can help people with uh, insights, um, and I can, I can talk about my media work and get more followers like that and more support. And it's also something that I can share with my bishop that I am not just sitting behind my computer making nerdy programs and podcasts, but that I'm also going to the parishes and do very 
like encounters with the flock and all sorts of arguments why I was doing that. But it was wearing me out. It, it, those, those trips came on top of an already overloaded schedule uh, where I, I wanted to do so many TV shows and I, I wanted to do it all myself and I couldn't really delegate. And uh, going for, for, to a parish, we have a small country, but still... Sometimes I had to travel for an hour and a half, two hours, and then you're in a place with lots and lots of people that I don't know. <laughs> and uh, all those evenings went very well, but it is incredible drain on my energy. And then I, I just didn't find the time to recuperate. And, and in the end, during the Camino, I was telling myself, or asking myself that same question, why? Who wants you to do that? Who is waiting for this? Is your bishop really um, expecting you to do that on top of all the work that you already do? Is this something that you, you try to accomplish because you feel that it's one of the things that's lack, that would be good in general and it's still lacking in your, uh, in your inventory of, 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 of jobs and tasks and functions? Um, is it also a f out of fear of taking time off and just resting? Like this this idea that I have to do so many things. Um, and ultimately, uh, the, the, the most pragmatic question is, is it, is it doing any good? And I have to say, well, uh, most of the times when I did these talks... I think people had a had an enjoyable evening, and uh, and and it's it's fun to tell those anecdotes and share some stuff. But it's always for very small audiences of older, mostly older people, because I go to parishes. So the overall age is like 60, 70. I always have to explain what Star Wars is, and <laughs> the the questions are very basic. These are not the people that will jump onto social media and start, you know, kind of emulating the things that I, that I taught them. <laughs> so ultimately, it's just a nice evening that is interchangeable with so many other ways of spending an evening like that and other people that could have an, you know, do an interesting talk. So in the end, the amount of effort that I put into that and the result... Or were very unbalanced. And I think that the biggest problem was that I thought I was supposed to do that. But nobody truly asked me to do that. This is not part of my job. This was something that I inflicted upon myself. And it took away energy and creativity and availability for what I feel is the core mission that I should fulfill. So it's a distraction. It's good in itself. And that's kind of the... The, that's the problem. It's not a bad thing to do, but it's not my Camino. It's not my way. I should not be doing that. And so when I came back, I decided to not do that anymore. I, get, I got a lot of invitations. I had 450 emails to work through, and many of them were from parishes that were asking me to come over and talk. 
Uh, there were also other media inquiries, people that wanted to work together with me on all sorts of media projects. And still on a weekly basis, I get at least three, four, five invitations to, to participate in someone else's media activities. And that too is something I decided not to do unless I have a very specific message um, to share. But I am not going to be the spokesperson of the Catholic Church if that is not expected of me. And not really my forte uh, uh, anyway. Um, Again, it's not a bad thing in itself. Uh, Sometimes there is no one who will go on a TV or radio show to, to talk about those things, but it doesn't mean that it's my job. That's the difference. For me, it's a distraction, and it prevents me from walking my, my way in life. Um, of course, this, this all has to do with the, the age-old wisdom that saying no to one thing is actually saying yes to something else. And so it's, a, it's saying yes to the things that I truly need to do. Um, this this has, goes, I mean, this has to do with so many choices in my life. Like what kind of programs do I want to make? What kind of topics, what kind of media activities do I deploy? I work for Dutch Catholic Television and... A, a, a lot of the things that they ask me to make are not necessarily my choices. So, of course, I'm, I'm, I found a good formula to go film in Rome, and I, I can do that easily, and I can produce something that I think a lot of other people could not do in, in, uh, in, in the constraints of the resources that are available, but I can do that. And so, I do that. <laughs> But is it, is it truly what I should do? Is this the only thing I should do? I, I feel that I've been taking on a, a lot of those assignments, forgetting that there are also other shows that I need to make and other areas of interest that my audience is waiting for. And it's not necessarily all about the numbers or about the revenue. Of course, I do the television because it, it brings in revenue. And with that, I can build up Tridio. And we can do, we can, I can hire other people like Inga as a producer and uh, Hugo, who is my cameraman and, and, and co-director. And if I didn't have the income, uh, wow, this is so beautiful, the sunset here. I need to take a picture of that. You get the cows in the meadow here on the right. I'm walking over on a, uh, one of the dikes near the canal. And the sun is just skimping over the grass. and the, It's beautiful. Why is it in the selfie mode? Let's turn that around. Wow, this is gorgeous. Oh, lovely. Ever since I walked the Camino, I've been such a photography nut. I think I already was it. <laughs> Even more. Um, what am I going to do? Am I going to walk that way? Yes, I am. Why not? The sun is still up, so I can, I can go for a longer walk. Um, so, it, it, there, is, there, is a, there are many reasons for me to do the television work. But, what I don't want is to forget 
the the existing community, which is an international community, you're part of that community, and most of you will never watch my TV show because it's on Dutch television and you wouldn't be able to understand. Um, and the the things that I can talk about with you, my audience, are very different from the things that I talk about on television. I, I could not do all the geeky stuff. I was even self... Um, censoring the posts that I put up from the Camino uh, on, so on my English uh, Facebook account I did post the occasional store that I found in Spanish cities with, with the geek stores with the Star Trek mugs and everything I could not put that on my Dutch Facebook account or, or profile because my followers there, the big majority are the people that watch my TV show and expect other things of me and it cannot even relate to all the geeky stuff because they're they're too old for that they're not geeks and i feel that if i lose my connection to my own audience the audience that i sought and uh and that found me uh I'm I'm actually not doing what I'm supposed to do. One of one of my strengths is to build these bridges between popular culture and geek culture and movies and video games and whatnot and technology and and faith in the deeper questions of life, etc. etc. You know. The Tridia formula. That's my strength. Not many people do that right now. And so if all the other work that I do to facilitate this mission in, in you know, what I do with Tridio, if, if all the work that I do to build up resources for that impedes me and, and hampers me to, to, do my, to fulfill my core mission, then something is wrong, something is out of balance. And I think that's, that's kind of where I, uh, I, I need to make some adjustments. And uh, it's also these, these ideas of... Um, what topic should I talk about? Which show should I make? Um, I think what I should do is to uh, um, is to, to follow my own interests um, and to always seek the kind of the, the 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 bridge between those two worlds. That is my thing. That's what I should focus on. I can do so many other shows about church history and. Uh, I don't know, but that's not my thing. That's really good, and I think I could do it technically. I know how to how to do documentaries and how to make TV shows. But not necessarily on on those topics. I should focus on the things that are <laughs> that are part of my world and of my interests. And when I'm enthusiastic about something, that will come across. So I've decided to be much more, um, in Dutch we would say, eigenwijs. I love that word, eigenwijs. It's got this guttural G, um, which means it's like, it's literally follow your own tune. Um, in, instead of, of trying to please other people or to justify what you do by doing what you what other people want you to do or what you think other people want you to do anyway i've been over <laughs> explaining that that problem so um 
it means that for the next few months, I've just des- I've decided to uh, kind of sit down and and look at what what am I going to make? What are because that's that's my biggest thing is like the programs that I make. So, what kind of programs? First of all, podcasting. I do I do the walk. This one I do the break which I truly enjoy, but I always have the geeky part of me that doesn't get enough time during the break or the walk to, to share. And so I, I'm like, I want to go back to doing Geek Week. I, I truly enjoy that moment every week to talk about the geek stuff. Not necessarily immediately with all sorts of like faith, bridges between faith and culture and technology, etc. But it will... You know, that's part of who I am, so that will always be an ingredient of it. But I shouldn't worry about it. uh, I shouldn't try to force, um, like, faith and and philosophical discussions into the program just because I think otherwise it's not uh, serious enough. If it's geeky, well, let it be geeky. That's me. I'm a geek, so why not? Why should I... Why should I uh, push away that integral part of who I am? When it comes to... So, the, uh, podcasting. Also, what other shows am I going to do? I, uh, before I, I left for Spain, I was trying to find new, new programs and see what can we do with Disney. Can we, can we do more like interview-based shows, etc.? And it was fun and, and really interesting to do, but it was also a little bit forced. It was almost as if I just sat down and was like, I need to make a program about this and this and this and this. And then I, I just try to squeeze it out of my toes and it doesn't work like that. Again, if I want to make a series, like for instance, the, the one series, the podcast series that I so enjoyed making was How to Live Like a Hobbit. Because it was so similar to what I do on the walk, it was kind of thinking out loud about this, this deep desire in me to emulate the contentment of the Hobbit lifestyle. And uh, because I, I enjoy reading um, Tolkien and watching the movies and playing in Lord of the Rings online, there was, there was a lot of material to talk about. And it, it's, I think it came across. People noticed that and, and uh, I, I got a lot of nice feedback on that show. So that's a show that just feels natural. That's just something that comes automatically and I don't have to force myself to, 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 to create more episodes of that show. With Disney, it's much more... It's, more, it's trickier. I love Disney. I love the, the movies. But it's not something that is part of my day-to-day life. And so, sure, I can, I can interview fellow Disney fans and have a conversation about their favorite movies, etc. And, and that worked for a couple of episodes. But I just, after a while, felt it was more and more difficult to find uh, the energy to continue the, that particular uh, series and to find other fans. This is a lot of the people that I interact with. You know, they're like me. They enjoy Disney, but it's not like they have. They want to talk about it all the time. 
Uh, the same happened years ago with Harry Potter, where after the final book came out and the movies were done, I was kind of done with Harry Potter. I still enjoy it very much, but it's not something I can, <laughs> I can talk about every single week. After, And there are people that can do that very easily, that love to talk Harry Potter wherever they are. But I felt it's not my thing anymore. If I do things, it needs to add to the conversation, I think. And it has to be also part of my life. Otherwise, I cannot share it. If I have to first study before I share, then it, it takes too much energy and it will not have the same effect, I think. Because it's something that I first have to appropriate. I have to... Um, I will have to work hard to... to uh, let it become part of my life and and before I can get am I making any sense <laughs> so I gotta I gotta follow my nose as they say when it comes to uh, choosing the topics uh, I, I my style of podcasting is very much sharing the things that are in my heart and in my mind and the things that are not in my heart and in my mind that maybe very good topics and uh, ideas for series, but not necessarily things that I should make. Another example, Doctor Who. Um, we, we have done The Secrets of Doctor Who for a, for a couple of years because I had access to the Doctor Who episodes. But now we have to wait for a, almost a year for the new episodes to become available on Netflix in Europe. I probably with a lot of effort could try to record them from the BBC because you can get that over the satellite dish but I haven't connected the satellite dish for years to my TV set so that would be such a hassle um, so I figured you know what let other people do that and and Jimmy and Dom and Father Corey they, they've been very um, enthusiastic well I think that their their feelings about the, the recent season have been a bit um, uh, more muted, I think. It uh, doesn't, from the looks of it, it's not as good as previous seasons. Um, but they have the energy. They have the the. They're uh, current with those series, so it's for them. It's I, I guess in a way natural to record that show. For me, it would be mean so much extra effort to be part of that show. So why not? Why why do that? Let let uh, let them. Record that. It's, that's for them. And that's good. So, um, what ultimately is my, my biggest passion, um, and has been for a couple of years now, is, is creating videos, creating television shows. I love doing that. I am constantly learning how to do it better. <coughs> and I think... <coughs> excuse me. I've been um, I've been really um, getting much better at uh, at editing, uh, at interviewing, at filming. Um, all those aspects are, are very much something. I'd, it feels a lot like the early days of podcasting, where I would get better every year. Um, the question is, of course, what can you do in addition to the television shows? Well, for me, it's obvious that during the Camino. I struck gold in a way. I found what what suits me as a program maker, um, which is to share the the journey 
I'm, I'm good at that. I enjoy that. I love that. I'm taking pictures, uh, filming, even with very limited means, but to create nice-looking videos that are engaging and that can convey the, the beauty of the experience. That is what I'm good at, and I think that a lot of people enjoyed that very much. It was, there was so much engagement around those around that whole experience and around the posts. So like, I've never had so many comments under my photos and posts as during the Camino. People got actually hooked on it. It was like, now that you're back, I have to, <laughs> I'm going through withdrawal because I miss your stories. I miss your photos. And so that was a very nice thing to discover that I, that, and <laughs> in a way, It's kind of the visual equivalent of what I used to do with audio on the Catholic Insider, where I would share my trips, my journeys, and I would describe everything. Of course, I couldn't film it, so I was I was describing and the what I saw and, and recording the audio, like like what I would do right now. You hear this music in the background? I think there must be a, probably a festival or something like that, and. In the on the countryside, I'm walking towards one of the villages, and they often do these summer parties. So that's something I can do. You know what? Speaking of describing my surroundings, I can tell that I'm still very far away from the road that leads me to that village. It's still about 45 minutes. If I continue to walk this way, I can see that the sun is almost has almost set. The clouds here are turning orange. So if I continue, I'm going to be walking in the dark. So I'm turning around. I'm going to walk back, and that'll be about 40 minutes. That's eh, kind of the same, same distance, but I prefer to turn around. Um, so then the question is, can I, um, can I use that, that format for other shows, for other programs, and I think I can. Uh, this is something I've been doing for many years. I've never done it on a, on a professional level with video. But why not? Why not do this again? Why not travel um, and, and explore and discover and then do it in the same way as I did the Camino? Actually, I'm already thinking of going back next year and to walk a smaller part of the Camino and 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 film it even and do it even better than I did this year because I'm more experienced and I, I I think I have ideas on how to do that how to pull that off in a in a in a way that is perhaps easier for me and gives better results um so traveling exploring um going on an adventure <laughs> that's a that's a hobbit way of of creating media and So I've been I've been brainstorming uh, about perhaps finding a, a week in the summertime to travel to um, to England, uh, to Scotland, and to film episode uh, to fi film that journey and create a number of programs based on those discoveries. I think it could be, you know it would be very much like the Catholic Insider on on film, um, and I think that would work. And it would suit me, and I think there is already an audience for that. There's an existing audience that enjoys that. So, um, 
And it could bring in new people as well because, well, I saw that with uh, the Camino, uh, the, the, that format is super accessible and people enjoy it. Even, if, if, even people that didn't follow me or didn't know about my other work in media still enjoyed following uh, the, the daily updates. So, um, and then I was like thinking, hmm, with that, how, how much can I concentrate my work, uh, my, my existing work for television, how can I do that in such an efficient way that I create time to, to do these new programs that I want to make and love to make? And actually, looking at the, the schedule for the next few months, it, I think that is possible. I have to do one show, one television show about the Camino. That's an edit that I'm already going to make because I would like to create also an international version of the uh, the summary of, of the Camino. So that's something I do. Then I have to do one other show in December about St. Nicholas and the story of St. Nicholas, which is something I've already done once. I want to do it better because I've learned so much since I did that documentary. Um, and then I have to do three episodes from Rome, and that's about it. And I can hopefully combine that with, um, or put that in sh very short bursts, like a few days in Rome, and it's an easy connection, and I know the way. So that's probably something I can, I can do quite efficiently which hopefully then will create much more time for me to do these these projects that I've been longing to do for so long, but just didn't do because of expectations of other people. Um, uh, w one idea that I had, and this is still kind of very, very in, in beginning stages, is um, what I would love to make is a series about the great storytellers. Uh, a lot of the, the great storytellers of our time are based in England or are from England. And in almost all those works the, of, the, of those great storytellers, you find religious elements, religious questions. Uh, very obvious, of course, in the works of Tolkien, a devout Catholic. Uh, C.S. Lewis, same thing. Um, but also, under, underneath the surface of the Harry Potter uh, stories, is in, in its core a very Christian story, very much based on, on elements uh, of the gospel, virtues that you find in the Bible, but also a lot of medieval symbolism, etc. And so it's something I've explored in the past, and I think... To, it would be possible to visualize that and to go to certain locations and tell that story, to tell the secrets of, of Harry Potter. Um, another example is, uh, in, a, in an opposite direction, the, books, the works of Philip Pullman, uh, his Dark Materials. It's a trilogy. There's going to be a fourth book soon, I think. Uh, it's based in the same universe. Uh, so it's the Golden Compass, etc. There's the three books. I'm currently rereading the first book, and Philip Pullman has had a lot of has received a lot of criticism because of his very open atheist stance and often very negative depiction of the church and in the story. Uh, 
uh, the church, the institutional church, is seen as a, a great source of evil. But it's still something, and I've been reading a, a couple of interviews with Philip Pullman, religion, even though he is a self-proclaimed atheist, is something that is constantly on his mind. And, and so that, to me, is very interesting. It's like, why? What is he, what is he opposed to? What, what, what is his take on religion and how does that impact his story I mean it is a fascinating world that he creates as a very good writer um, but it would be interesting to explore the kind of that opposite side of like in Tolkien C.S. Lewis Christianity very positive in, in, impact on the writer and the stories and with Philip Pullman it's religion is also a big a big issue for him and so and it impacts his stories so that's interesting that's interesting. Even the Star Wars documentary, that's the earliest idea that I had. Um, and something I, I, I want to realize this year because I, it's been on my mind now that we get the, the sequel to The Force Awakens. I remember that when The Force Awakens came out, I got this idea, well, I should do a documentary about Star Wars. Do it, but make it mine. <laughs> There's so many documentaries already about Star Wars. And you may recall that I've been pondering the perspective of that documentary and for a long time I, I I thought well perhaps I can do something about parenting in Star Wars and uh, but it was again was one of those ideas that I did mostly because I felt that other people may appreciate that approach but it's not truly my passion to talk about it not to mention that other uh, vlogs have already done that and and so it's not the most original take but since I was thinking about the series about the great storytellers and finding connections with England, just because that's very close by, um, I was thinking, you know, Star Wars too. I could do this, uh, an episode about the secrets of Star Wars and explaining the role and the influence of religion on the Star Wars story and, uh, and the, the themes that Star Wars tackles. And, of course, Star Wars is mostly filmed in England, a bit in Ireland, of course, some other exotic locations in the world, but there's definitely an English connection there. Um, and not to mention that I have my own personal history with Star Wars that I could tell in an episode like that. And um, so the more I think of it, the more that could be a great, great match of my own areas of interest. Uh, the... It's ex exactly this, this whole connection between the stories of our time, the popular culture and the great stories of the past and the stories in religion and in Christianity, Catholicism. That, that seems to me like a match made in heaven. So why not pursue that? And then just do that. Focus on that. Focus on the the podcast that that my heart goes out towards the, about the topics that I know I can talk about because it's filling my heart and my mind and do the same with video and then try to not do too much uh, even perhaps outsource other projects um, to to other people and um, one of the one of the most successful things that I've done in video 
has been the Lego videos. And I still think that's a that's a such a great way to explain the faith to um, a young audience, but also an audience of parents, uh, people that are not very familiar or not familiar anymore with faith, and do these this very low threshold approach, just one minute videos that just explain aspects of the faith that people kind of know about but don't know exactly the details and I, I know that a lot of those video clips of I think I've produced about 10 of them right now are used are still used a lot in churches and schools by parents by grandparents so it would be crazy not to expand on that uh, but what I've noticed is that I've been doing those videos uh, in, in kind of in a very unprofessional way which may also be the charm of it, but it's something that if you want to really expand that, I need to have partners that can do that. People that know how to tell the short stories like that, how to film them, how to do animation, uh, the lights, etc. So I'd rather find a partner or a company, and I'm already thinking specifically about someone I know that loves to do this, um, and, and to be more kind of the person behind the scenes that gives ideas but doesn't film everything and involves some writers and get that to a, a new level. How awesome would it be to create almost like a catechism for kids and parents, um, but f- with Lego, focused in the style that I've established now in those first few episodes. But... I know that if I want to do that all by myself, it's going to take most of the of the rest of the year, and I don't think that I would. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's my thing right now. Um, so for that, I've decided to go and look for uh, a a good partner who and I know can can pull this off, and to find the funds to do that. And that too, I think, is. It's kind of a, a, a new way of approaching things. Uh, if, if there's a good idea, but I cannot do that because I'm focusing on other things, um, why not find other people that can do this and find funding to make it happen? If it's a good idea and people are enthusiastic about it, then I'm sure that we can find the resources. If we can't find the resources, then it's probably not a very good idea. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, and, and well, that's, that's about it. And then clear my mind of anything else. Uh, I, I, I feel, I don't know. I feel really good about that, uh, about that decision to, to refocus on the type of shows and type of programs that are truly part of, of what I can do best and that I know are useful and have an audience uh, and can help. That is more important than trying to do everything at once. Um, Where am I in time? Oh, we almost need to start wrapping this thing up. I've got another episode uh, that I want to record, and that's going to be about, this is a little teaser, for next week week on The Walk. (laughs) Uh, I've been spending 
a lot of time since I'm back on decluttering and, uh, and I've been very successful. This is so much easier after the Camino than before. A little guy in a boat here on the, on the canal. Huh. It's going at the same speed as I, 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 I can just walk and, and but he's not going very fast. Anyway, so um, the, the, the whole process of decluttering and uh, simplifying my life and my environment is, is kind of part of this new clarity that, I, that I'm discovering in my life. It's focusing on the things that I truly care about because that, that's the secret of decluttering. It's, it's not to, to get rid of everything, but it is keeping in your life the things that are truly of value to you and that may not be the things that other people want you to keep <laughs> so the whole this whole thought exercise of 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 weighing the decisions in your life based on what is your life and your way and your destiny and your vocation instead of what other people expect you to do that exact same process is is how I approach this decluttering and it makes deciding what to keep and what to get rid of so much easier but I will share that with you in the next episode of uh, The Walk thank you for listening to this one as usual I invite you to go over to tridio.com t-r-i-d-e-o.com to uh, find all the other content and the other shows and uh, feedback uh, can always be is very welcome on social media, especially on Facebook, uh, also on Twitter, Father Roderick. On Facebook, you got to type in my full name. It's a bit, bit of a hassle. Oh, I have an idea actually about how what to do with my Facebook presence. That's another that's another story. I'll I'll talk about that later. But I'm thinking about other ways to kind of um, use Facebook in a, in a better way than I've been using it for 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 years now. Uh, but that's for that's for another show as well. Um, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon. God bless.